Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I need you guys to trust me when I tell you these are the best socks in the entire world. I, I, I can't even believe we're doing ads for them because I love them so much. So did you know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? I honestly didn't, but Bombas is on a mission to change that. So they literally created the most comfortable sock in the history of feet. And for every pair of socks purchased, they donate a pair to someone in need. So they're designed with special comfort innovations, colors, patterns, length, and styles, and they are perfect for the whole family. So I'm telling you, get your hands on a pair of Bombas and your feet will thank you. I personally, I love the regular ones, but also I wear a lot of sneakers that need like no-show socks. And the problem that I often find is that they're too thin and they make these amazing nude no-show socks that are also thick. Like, did I not say this to you yesterday? I was like, I am so fucking grateful for these socks. They're the best socks. Like I just literally tried. I swear to God, I've been wearing these for years and I cannot believe that we're doing an ad for them. So save 20% on your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash CBC. That's bombas, B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash CBC to save 20%. Again, that's bombas.com slash CBC. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. What a whirlwind week. It really, it always does. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I feel like the past couple of weeks, we've had the most insane stories, like so much happening. This week wasn't like that. There was nothing earth shattering, but still very interesting. And always fun to talk about. Of course, that's a given. But I'm saying it wasn't something where I'm like, holy shit, I need to get into the studio. Right. But I'm obviously so excited to be sitting here yeah. with you. Happy to be here no matter what. Exactly. Um, okay. First things first. Obviously, as you guys know, Jennifer Aniston joined Instagram on Monday. Welcome to the gram, Jen. Welcome. She, Boy, are we happy to have you. So fucking happy. As you guys know, we posted those comments. We were totally freaking out. And then it all came to be. It was a whirlwind. She literally broke Instagram. You could not follow her. Um, she was the fastest person to reach a million followers, reaching it in five hours and 45 minutes. She broke, broke the Guinness Book of World Records. And had it been able to process it, it would have been a lot quicker. Yeah. The person that held the record previously was Harry and Meghan when they joined as Kensington Royal. And 
Yeah, I think that for for sure. I think that if Instagram didn't have that glitch, she would have easily gone to 7 million. I think it would have literally been a million in two hours. When I refreshed from the time that we posted it to the time I refreshed, which was maybe 10 seconds, she already had like 6,000. It's really it's really cool watching somebody's numbers grow by the millions. You know what, what we, did I say she was at 15.2? Yeah. It's insane. But you know what we always talk about? Like one of the reasons that we love these giant pop culture moments is because it's this giant sense of camaraderie. And everybody was inboxing us like, oh my God, you guys, I keep refreshing Jen, Ad- Jen Addison's page. Like I think everybody felt like they were kind of in on it. It's one of those things also where you know for for, you know, however long a period of time, like everyone is doing the exact same thing. Like, there was at least one moment for everybody who cares, which was about 15 million people, everyone that cares at the exact same time was talking about Jen Aniston joining Instagram. Yeah, we, It was like, you don't get more connected to, like, everybody than that. No, it was a really—it was it was a cool moment. Also, she—so she commented on our post, like, wow, you girls are fast. And that comment became a meme, which I think is one of the funniest things ever. Well, the other thing that was so cool about it is, like, it, it became a meme. Like, the, the comment in and of itself becoming a meme that's on our page is, like, cool enough. Jen Aniston being a meme after one. But the fact that, like, people who knew the comment knew that, like, the you girls was referring to us and now it's a meme, that was, like— No, it was That my- was the definition of meme. I finally understand it. It was so mind-blowing. It was so cool. When I saw Insta Single, I was scrolling, and I see Insta Single, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? I was like, that's on our, that was about us. Like, that's, we're, we're the girls. <laughs> we're, we're the girls. We're the girls. <laughs> you guys know the girls? We're the girls. <laughs> we were on a plane when that happened. Wait, oh, we have to tell you guys this. So we, we haven't seen them since LA. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so we, last Wednesday, we went to LA for the day. We got there like late Tuesday night, and we came back on the red-eye Wednesday night because Chrissy Teigen's new Quibi show is coming out, um, and it's called Chrissy's Court. It's, like, hilarious. She's literally the judge. And we're very good friends with um, someone who works at Quibi, and we were invited, whatever. And we got to go. We got to sit in on a taping. You guys are going to fucking love this. It was so funny. So exactly what you would want it to be. Yeah, Quibi stands for quick bites. The whole thing is that it's like short content, and that's exactly what this was. Oh, my God. And then after, like, we went fully— we just went because Brian invited us and like we obviously wanted to go and like see the whole thing and see everyone there and whatever. But we had zero expectation of seeing Chrissy. Like I, yeah. I knew we were going to see her, but I didn't think we were going to like hang out with her. And then like when we were, before we left, he was like, yeah, like come see Chrissy. And we went and she, she's just such a good person. Like she's like, oh my God, you guys, like thank you so much for coming. Remember like I um, last time I saw you was at Kelly and Ryan. Like we hung out with her for like, I don't know, five minutes with Luna and Miles. And th- they are the most Angelic little babies. Meeting Luna was Julie was starstruck. No, I've never. And Julie I forgot Chrissy was there. I swear to I, God, I didn't even care. I was like, oh, I thought it was Meryl Streep. Like, and and I have to tell you that everyone has had the same reaction. Like, if I tell them what happened, I'm like, Chrissy, blah blah, and I'm like, and Luna. They're like, you met Luna? No, the they're f- like, no, no, they can't believe it. This is what happened. So we're sitting like in the back, cause in like in the control room, whatever, and we're watching, and all of a sudden you hear like this little voice, and Julie grabs my arm. She goes. I know that voice anywhere. And we're like, oh my God. And then we see Luna. We're like, she's the, she's so cute. Holy shit, she's so cute. It, Chrissy's just a, so sweet. Like, right? Just the like, best. This is exactly. her show. Yeah. No, but this is the thing. It's like, this is her show. We were literally, it's not like she invited us. We were invited. Like, you know what I mean? We were just going because it, it, it was fun. We wanted to support her. We wanted to go. She had, she did not need to hang out with us at all. She didn't even need to say hi to us. And she like brings us in. It's so nice. We were like hanging out in her dress. Like, she's just a really fucking good Ex- person. She is. The reason that I love her is because exactly who she is is who she is, no matter what, in person, on 
online, on Twitter, on Instagram. Like, she is probably the most, like, consistent personality of anybody I've ever known. Like, it's unbelievable. And and it's, like, one of those things, you know, we always say, like, the don't meet your, your heroes things. And, like, there are some people where I know, like, we were talking about this, where, we're like, if I met them, I would be disappointed. And I know that. With Chrissy, you're never going to be disappointed. Yeah. I just, I don't think there's an, a, a possibility where you meet her and she doesn't live up to what you have created in your head of her. Yeah, no, she's just, like, a, sol- a really solid person. It was really nice. So that's super exciting. Um, okay, next thing is Jennifer Lawrence's wedding. Speaking of people we want on Instagram, I mean. Oh, my God. Yeah. So. Would do anything. Seriously. So, as you guys know, she was dating Cook Maroney. He's an art dealer. And they started dating last June. So, June 2018. And they got engaged this February. So, it's kind of a quick turnaround. Yeah. Like, from starting dating to engagement to marriage all in a year and a half. Like, that's good. She I? said really sweet things about him. Like, if you look back at her interviews and, and the very few things she said about him have all been really, like, adorable and sweet. And she, she like, she said, she was like, I know it sounds cl- she, so cliche, but he is the greatest person I've known. Wow. It's so sweet. It's such a special thing to be able to say that about your spouse and really mean it. Yeah. You know? So they got married on Saturday at the Belcourt of Newport Mansion in Rhode Island. Apparently, she wore Dior, which would be very on brand. Some of the guests were Amy Schumer, Adele, Kris Jenner, Emma Stone, Ashley Olsen, Nicole Richie, Cameron Diaz. We really haven't seen a lot of pictures about this. Fun fact that Julie found out is that the Belcourt of Newport Mansion is actually the home of the CEO of Alex and Ani, this woman, Carolyn. I know. So random, right? So Such a random connection. But I, you know, it makes sense because in Newport, there's that giant Alex and Ani store. You're right. You know what I mean? Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, yeah, I always forget about Alex and Ani these days, but you, yeah, I think it was, it was obviously started in Newport, right? When I was dating Thomas, like Anna always used to get me Alex and Ani stuff and I made the connection later because they went to Rhode Island every summer. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, Shoot. that make, that's sweet. It was so sweet. I loved it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I first off, I can't wait to see these pictures. We'll never get the kind of spread that we got with Haley and Justin, one, because they're not on Instagram and two, that's just no, so not her style, but a girl can dream. A girl can fucking dream. Also, the other thing I was going to say is, as I'm looking at this guest list, like, do you ever forget that Nicole Richie and Cameron Diaz are sister-in-law? Oh, my God. I literally forgot until you just said it. Yeah. Yeah. That is so, that is the most forgotten about thing. They are literally sister-in-laws. I bet you so many people listening to this were like, oh, fuck. Do you never think about it? But I, as soon as I saw them, I was like, Nicole, and then the Maddens, and then I was like, oh. Do you think they hang out? Yeah. I think they're close. It's it's a thing that I, I have no, um, like, basis to support. I just, like, have a feeling. That's really interesting. Wouldn't you want to be close with both of those people? You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Like, Nicole Richie is probably one of the funniest people that has ever graced my television. Mm-hmm. Like, I fully believe that. And Cameron Diaz is a fucking icon. She's the queen of rom-coms. Yeah. And also, she's super, super, like, out of the spotlight. Like, she doesn't, They both like, are right now. That's what I'm saying. So, I bet the camera—it's not like Cameron's sister-in-law is, like, Kim— who is in the spotlight 24-7. You know what I mean? Like, I think Nicole has a little bit more of that low-key energy. Hollywood is so weird when you think about the fact that Nicole Richie and Cameron Diaz are sister-in-laws. Hollywood is so weird when you think that Sophia and Nicole are sisters. Yeah, but sister-in-laws is such like a rant. Like, it's when you're like in high school and like two people in your school, their parents got married. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, they're fucking siblings now. That's how I feel about this. It's like, how those two end up being related? Yeah, so interesting how that happens. Or like that's your dream and you're, when you're in high school. It's like you and your best friend are like, we're going to marry brothers. Yeah. You know? And then you do it. And then you do it. Like it happens sometimes. Or if like you and a random person like happen to marry brothers and it's like, oh, this person I've known but haven't really known are all of a sudden sisters. Yeah. But we've been in the same kind of like life our whole lives. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's total—that's an interesting thing. I mean, that whole guest list was super interesting. Anyway, congratulations, you guys. Also, this wasn't even on the outline because it happened last night, but— 
Cody and Miley went live last night. I have to be honest, I didn't catch it while it was first happening. I saw some of the screen recordings of it. I was driving and my phone was just blowing up and I was like, I cannot look at this until I get to the city. Basically, Miley went live. She was like teasing whether or not she was going to go. And then she did. And then Cody joined in with her. Before he joined, she was singing um, that song, Bolt, that she sang with John Travolta. And Justin Bieber is commenting on it. Like, this is so underrated. Like, the song this is such a so bop. Good, yeah. It was like, and, and Miley's like responding to him. And it's just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, Miley Cyrus is live singing her song with John Travolta. Meanwhile, having a conversation with Justin Bieber. Like, Wow, we are really living in 2019. We really are. This is like what my childhood celebrity self, like celebrity loving self could have never dreamed of. It's going to be such a hard transition soon when we have to say living in 2020. Mm-hmm. It sounds so futuristic. 2019 is like 2019. I've literally lived in 2019 my whole life, I feel like. Yeah, I've like never not lived in 2019. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how I feel. Um, and so then she decides to go live with Cody. And I have to say, I just want to preface this whole conversation by saying Regardless of whether or not you like Miley or you agree with her actions, she really, she's a risk taker. Like she does shit that a lot of people wouldn't. One thing she is is authentic, you know what I mean? And not afraid. And I I really commend that because I think that, I don't know, I think sometimes fame can scare you into being like, into conforming in a way. And she just like does not do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there is, and I think this is kind of a good example of Miley being Miley no matter what, because there are just certain things that she says where, for the average person, it's like they say it and they get like a little bit of backlash and, you know, they learn from that and move forward. With her, I don't think she's saying it and using it as a learning opportunity. I think she's saying it like regardless and she's not changing the way she feels or like her jokes or her sense or whatever to conform to everybody else. And I think that's what people do love about Miley. No, for sure. So she, you know, so they went live, whatever they're talking. They're very kind of like flirtatious the whole time, not in an annoying way, but just being outwardly lovey. And they're talking about how, like, they hooked up for the first time, like, four years ago or so. And they were using the word stan. And they were saying that they, like, stand each other at different times. So, like, when she liked him, he didn't even know. And then when he liked her, she didn't. And, like, they kind of had this really not so— this they weren't so aligned in their liking towards each other. And now it finally worked out, and they're, like, together. And they couldn't—I mean, on air, at least, they couldn't have seemed happier— she then, this is this was this part of the conversation that sparked the most headlines. She basically was saying like, and I quote, you guys don't have to be gay. Like she said, she was like, I always thought that, you know, I thought that I had to be gay. She's like, but there are actually good people out there that just happen to have dicks. I've only ever met one and he's on this live. So obviously people were like, holy shit. You know, one, yes, she was kidding. Like she was, that wasn't a serious statement, but there was a whole slew of shit that came from this. First off, people felt like it was major shade towards not only Liam, but also Caitlyn. Because it's like, one, Liam, you're saying that you're saying that Cody is the only guy you've ever met that isn't a dick. So by saying that, you're saying Liam was. And then two, basically you're just discarding your relationship with Caitlyn as just a means to an end because you felt like you had to. Because right. you felt like the entire male gender was was not for you. I mean, and the three, which is the whole overarching theme of like insinuating that sexuality is a choice, which people were... Listen, I get that she was obviously joking. I think that we even even the people who are upset about it can probably agree that it was a joke. But to have somebody who's, you know, become such an icon in the LGBTQ community where it's like, you know, she she runs a, a um, Happy Hippie Foundation. Yeah, of course. And there's so many things that she does and so many times that she talks about that I think a lot of people were really upset by this statement because if you are somebody who does hold that 
belief, incorrectly believing that sexuality is a choice, whatever, then somebody who's supposed to be an LGBTQ icon and uh, like a, a person in the community, then saying that, it's like if you, if you're somebody who's looking for an excuse to back up your incorrect beliefs, then here's somebody giving it to you. And I think a lot of people felt betrayed by that statement. Right. And I, I really, I really do think like truly in my soul that her intentions were not at all bad, but you know, I think now we all are a lot of us operate under this thing of like, sometimes intentions just don't matter. Right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just have to think a little harder about it. And I really think that she had zero malintent. But I think that when you are that massive celebrity, you're on this live with millions of people watching, like, I don't know, choosing your words a little more carefully potentially would have been a little more beneficial. And also understanding like what you mean to a community. Like it's like if you are somebody that people really look up to, then you have to understand what that means. And and maybe making a joke about it, it doesn't help the cause. It doesn't help, you know, it doesn't secure your spot and what you've been trying to build for yourself. And it's one thing to, you know, mention it in interviews and talk about it. It's just when, you know, you're in a split second moment where you're joking about something and you make a decision to say something, whether you're kidding or not, you have to think about the effect that's going to have on other people. Yeah. And honestly, for me, like I, I so wholeheartedly believe that that was a total joke that I'm not saying that I, I totally understand the average, but that wasn't like what stuck with me. What stuck with me was really more so the Liam aspect. Like if I was dating someone for upwards of 10 years and we're married and we have this really special relationship that we both maintain, no, no matter what, you are still a special person in my life. And then I'm on live with my new boyfriend saying like, oh yeah, every other man I've ever met is a total dick. He's the only one worth worth anything. It doesn't sit right with me. I can't lie. No, it doesn't. It I does. mean, uh, Someone messaged us and said, they like quoted it and said, I'm done with her. That's a calculated public statement that everyone can see, including Liam. I think I made away messages like that in middle school. You know us. We do not believe in cancel culture or anything like that. The last thing I would ever be is done with Miley. I'm like, I'm a big, I'm a big yeah. Miley supporter. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the amount of inboxes that we got of people super outraged was just really interesting. It, it really, uh, I really felt that aside from this live being like so interesting and so like I couldn't take my eyes off of it because of just watching their dynamic, I felt like it really, um, it, it discredited her in a lot of ways almost. It was like, how are you going to say that you've had this relationship with Liam and you held on to it for nine years on and off and you guys got married in the most, and you wrote that fucking thing about him on Instagram, the, the, the most special paragraph you can write, even if something happened and it was, you know, maybe something he did that triggered the divorce or something he did that made her want to get, whatever it is, like, I just feel like you can't say that all of those things are discounted because of of something else. Like you wrote this entire paragraph on Instagram after you got married saying all of like the amazing, sweet, special things he does. Just because you guys aren't together anymore doesn't mean those things never happened. Do you I, feel that way? I totally do. I just, I always go back to this double standard thing, which is like, if if hypothetically speaking, Liam was on live with his new girlfriend and he was saying like, you know what, guys? Like, this is the only worthwhile girl I've ever met. Every other girl is a huge bitch. This is the only one. The only person with a vagina that actually is any worth anything. The outrage would be... Oh, yeah, because it's... They would say it's misogynistic. They would say it's... I mean, there's a million things that would go down. And I just... It's very interesting how in this particular circumstance, the double standard that's in a lot of cases leaning in favor of men goes the opposite way, I feel. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I was, I was, I was shocked she said that because I didn't... I didn't expect for the the way the divorce was going that it would, I, I'm trying to think of what I want to say. I understand that when this divorce was happening, obviously things got a little messier than I think anybody was intending them to, especially like 
Miley and her dating and the way people were viewing that. But I never expected it to like come from Miley's own mouth of things getting nasty. Like I never expected her to uh, discount her relationship like that. I know. And I always go back to like, okay, she was kidding about the whole thing. Obviously she's met, you know, men that have dicks that are nice. Like she has brothers, she has a dad. Like, you know, she was whatever. But I just still feel like, I guess because of the, because of she knows all eyes are on her that saying something like that, the damage it could do. I don't know. I go back and forth because I really do, like, I respect her authenticity. Like I respect her ability to be like, fuck it. I don't care about the press. I'm just doing what I want to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go on live basically on a FaceTime with my boyfriend and talk about how we hooked up for the first time. And like, not, you know what I mean? Like just be super fucking chill about it. But then there's sometimes that when I feel that the chillness gets in the way of like respect for Liam. Right. But like, who the fuck are we? But I don't well, know. That's, that's what the other thing is like, who are we to be offended on behalf of, of Liam? And I don't know. I felt like the whole statement that she made about like not having to be gay was like both of both of those things were just at the same time. It was like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It was like, why? Like one of those is bad enough alone. And then you're going to combine them and make two. St- like, I don't know. It was just a lot to comprehend and a lot to like excuse. Yeah. Let's say ex- like, right. Because not for us, not for us, for just some, for, for everybody. People. I mean, we listen, I, I would consider myself like the, the queen of accidentally making jokes that uh, that that don't translate a lot of the time, and I think that and and you and I were having this conversation where I was like, where I was like, if I was friends with me and I was like a really sensitive or insecure person, I don't know if I'd be able to do it because my humor doesn't change, which is fine. Like I understand saying something in a moment and not thinking about it, but also when I say something in a moment, nothing happens. Right? Do you get what I mean? And then it's like, so I understand, you know, and appreciate her authenticity and her ability to just speak what she's saying. But at a certain point, like, your intention of it was just a joke does not translate to everybody. And that's what something that she has to be incredibly conscious of. Because the thing with Miley that, you know, you can say a lot of things about her. I don't think she ever means to offend anybody. I think that she is such a champion and such, like, a kind-hearted person. And I think that's probably her, her, um, like, what she wants to get across of herself, first and foremost. And I just felt like in this moment, she did a lot of disservice to herself. Because I, I think that if you know her, you know that. And if you don't, who are you to assume that she meant it? In a, you have in, another reason to dislike her if you're right, already someone who does Or doesn't. if you don't even know her and you don't have this side of you that's like, she's a really good, authentic person. I know she's kidding. Like, if you don't have that, why do you have any reason to be like, she was just kidding, she was just kidding? No, for sure, for sure. I, the last thing I want to say, and this is just what I was saying about intention, like, I really go back and forth because I know that it's such a— it's such a practice to say like, well, intention doesn't matter, whatever. But like, I can't, I can't lie and say that I'd never feel that way. I do think intention matters. And if I was someone that was being, um, you know, put under, being forced to apologize for something or like, you know, really being scrutinized, I do think I'd at least feel better being able to say like, I, I really did not mean to hurt or offend anyone. It's, I, I do think it is worse when it's like, that was my fucking intention. So I'm glad it hurt you. I do think there's a distinction. I know that on a grand no, scale, intention course. quote doesn't matter, but I, there is a part of me that feels like it, it does, obviously. But you, you also know? have to think about, you know, when you have intentions towards certain people, right? Like when you're when you're speaking on your own level of your intentions, it think about how many people that could possibly affect. You know what I mean? Like if you're saying something to a friend or you're saying something to people like— at at the most, it's going to offend whoever you are speaking yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's easier when you're speaking to one person to explain your intention. At the very most that she can do is tweet out what her intention was, and you can either accept it or not. But everyone who heard what you said is not necessarily going to read your tweet about your intention. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can't reach the same amount of people to apologize as you can when you're putting it out in the first place. Absolutely. No, no, of course, spot on. Anyway, 
watch this couple. I don't know. A lot of people think that it's just for, you know, for business, for cloud. He just was on the, was just announced that he was the mass singer Australia. He has a, he had the song that came out about her that his mom was posting a lot about because she's the momager. They're saying that, you know, she wrote a song about him, all this stuff. Listen, I'm not saying that it's not inconvenient for their business. I don't believe, like, I, I don't get Sean and Camilla vibes. Oh, I genuinely believe them. I genuinely believe that this is like that they're, they're dating. Just, yeah, yeah, I do. I think that they are, and I can't tell you how long it's going to last for. I don't know if this like little honeymoon phase is going to wear off and it's going to it's going to stick. They're both very young. He's twenty two, but I I don't believe that this is a publicity stunt because, quite frankly, she doesn't need the publicity. Well, number one, she doesn't need the publicity, and number two, I literally don't think it's in her character to do that. I, I no, really, I don't think she's an authentic I, person. It wouldn't. I don't. I think that would really rub her the wrong way to do that. And I just, again not Shauna Camilla vibes to me, even though I think some people think that because of the extensive social media, but it's just done differently. Yeah. I'm just, like this. You're never going to get a picture of Camilla Cabello with her hand down Shawn Mendes' pants. But what would you do for that? It's sick shit, but it's never going to happen because th- that doesn't happen. Um, okay. Speaking of. So, yeah, speaking of Shauna Camilla. So remember that video, of course, you remember because you literally, it's impossible it's to forget. it's in your brain forever. Yeah, of them making out. So he deleted it. And obviously, you know, fans went crazy saying, oh my God, are they over? So then he instead a picture of them together and she posted a story of an article saying that they broke up, captioning it. Um, well, when were you going to tell me at Sean Mendez? So just keeping on the publicity. I, I'm, there's nothing else. There's nothing productive for me to add here. You guys know our thoughts on this. If it's real, I wish them the best. I hope for their sake it is. There's 0% part of me that thinks there's any legitimacy. But if they're keeping on this road, persevere, you do it. Yeah, you want to damage control when somebody thinks you broke up, then post away. But post I don't. Away. I like them both. Totally respect them both. I like you guys if you weren't dating. I'd listen to your music if you weren't dating. So to me, it's... Do you hear that? We will listen to your music if you're not dating. Yeah. Say it one more time for the people (laughs) in the back. (laughs) So Orate is fine jewelry made in New York City, and it's founded by women for women. So the pieces range from classic to statement to totally original, and they make the jewelry that you've always wanted but could never find. The other thing about the RH jewelry that I love is that it's all real gold, so you can wear it and never have to take it off. So shower, sleeping, whatever it is. Personally, I never take my jewelry off, so real gold is like a major requirement. Um, Also, all of the Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty because they know that it lasts. And also, which I love, for every piece sold, a child in need receives a book to further their education. And lastly, you know, like the buy women for women thing, basically Ari was started by two friends during brunch. One of them got a green finger from an overpriced ring, which I'm sure we've all been there. And they started getting into this conversation about how they were fed up with the traditional jewelry market, et cetera. And that's kind of how it was founded on this desire to like shake up the jewelry market by offering different kind of beautiful designs for the modern woman. So for 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com slash CBC and use promo code CBC. That's Orate, A-U-R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash CBC and use promo code CBC for 15% off your first Orate purchase. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24 hour over-the-counter allergy spray. And it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid-free allergy spray. 
and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, next story is, so Meghan Markle. So on Friday, ITV News released a clip from this upcoming documentary on, you know, Meghan and Harry. And it was a really tearful conversation that she was having with the interviewer, just talking kind of about the challenges of being a newlywed and a mom in not only in the spotlight, but also in the British spotlight, which as you know, the British press is, can be really nasty. They're fucking ruthless. And so the reporter says to her like, are you okay? And she says, you know, thank you for asking. Not many people have asked if I'm okay, but it's a very real thing to be going through behind the scenes. Um, And then she said, you know, her interviewer was like, so you're really not okay. And she kind of nodded. You know, let me get into Harry's thing and then I'll come back to this for a second. So Harry also talked about his kind of struggles with the press and saying that it's the worst reminder of the death of his mom. And he said, quote, I think being part of this family in this role, in this job, every single time I see a camera, every single time I hear a click, every single time I see a flash, it takes me straight black, straight back. Fuck, there's so much to unpack here. Let's do Megan first and then we'll go to Harry. Okay. With Megan, I just want to say, one, I'm really excited for this documentary to come out. Two, I think that the way that she has been treated by the British press is nothing sort of like, nothing short of like indespicable. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she was so touched by someone simply asking if she was okay, to me, spoke volumes about the lack of sensitivity and compassion that she's clearly being met with. Right. It's just, I really, my heart breaks for her. I think that, you know, from from her standpoint, it's like she was thrown into this. It's not, she, and it's so hard to watch her kind of figure out how to deal with it which would be difficult on its own. Coming from a situation where you're an American, you know, TV star and you kind of live your life in the Hollywood scene and then to be thrust into royalty like this where there are so many rules and so many expectations of you, so many things, that's hard enough on its own. Then to have that on top of every single person rooting for you to fail just because they don't like you as a person or they don't like the background that you come from, it's impossible. How could she ever, how could anybody expect her to thrive in a situation like that? You're setting her up for failure and it's so heartbreaking to watch. And especially, you know, something I feel about the two of them is when you see them together, it's like any ounce of doubt you have, I feel like like kind of sifts away when you see them together and see them interact because I think it is genuinely so sweet and so loving. And I think that from Harry's perspective, really logistically, like I think that he wouldn't put himself and her through this, knowing the the, baby. and the baby through this, knowing the British press without this being a very real legitimate relationship. Like there's no ounce of me that's like, this isn't real because of X, Y, and Z and people thinking, whatever. For him, the death of his mother was so overwhelming and so connected to the to the British press that it's like he wouldn't go through this unless, unless it was absolutely like he was so in love with her. And it just, it boggles my mind that people don't see that. And it boggles my mind that the British press who understand the role they played in Diana's death and understand the way that Harry feels still can't let up. But that's exactly what it is. There is zero humanization. These people are considered as pawns. And let's, listen, let's just address the elephant in the room, which is 
I am not saying, you know, that the press would not be, um, you know, aggressive or rude to anyone in that position. Like, I'm not saying Kate Middleton had it the easiest person in the entire world. They always go a little hard, but but consider, comparatively speaking, she had a cakewalk, which, and there was a lot of headlines about that. Let's be honest in saying, because Megan is a woman of color, she is treated differently. It is a disgusting truth, but it is the truth. And the fact that we live in 2019 and that is still happening, you can say whatever you want about her, that she does this, she does that, she's from Hollywood, she's American. Yeah, all of that stuff feeds into it. But also the fact that she is a woman of color for some reason makes these people feel that they can treat her in a different way as comparatively speaking to a white woman. And that is really so fucked up. That is so fundamentally not okay. Like, yeah, I think it was Jam- Jamila Jamil who said, like tweeted and was like, just say that you don't like her because she's black. Like it's easier than than this whole like tirade that the press is going on. Like, she called it out straightforward. And it was like, it was the first time I think, it may not have been her, it may have been one of her friends, I can't remember for sure, but I think it was the first time that somebody like put it down and in writing and just came out and fucking said what we were all thinking. Yeah, it's it's it, the, 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 um, Honestly, like the internalized racism in a way that of these people is so it comes across so clearly. I was I was looking at um I forget who it was. They did a I wish I I'll try to find it and then I can um tell you guys where to look. But I saw something and it was like two headlines side by side. And it was the headline of when um Kate was pregnant and all of the, the headlines were like Kate Middleton ca- cradles baby uh before delivery. Like Kate Middleton holds on to precious stomach. Like all really want and then it's like pictures of Megan holding onto her bump. And it's like, why can't Megan take her hands off her bump? What is this weird phenomenon? Obsessed with bump. Like the exact same thing. They were both just holding onto their bump, which by the way, is a very common practice that many pregnant women and most do. By the way, if I had an armrest, my hand would be on my stomach all, <laughs> all the time. time. It's like- Like it just, she's vilified for the things that uh, her counter, her white counterpart, her white British counterpart is not. And I just think that like, yeah, there may be personal stuff, but to not acknowledge that is simply like, honestly being complicit in it. Well, yeah, it would be rewriting history, honestly. Yeah. And I think the thing is with the British press is that I think from the, uh, a lot of uh, standpoint of the British people, it's like in their mind, the the um, the press feels such a protectiveness over the monarchy. And, and a lot of British people do. But it's such, it's like impossible to say that you have this protectiveness over the monarchy and that's why you're acting like this when exactly what you're doing is causing them beyond amount of issues. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's I just ex- like, I. it's really, it's crazy to me. And especially knowing the role that they played. Like this is so much deeper than the on the surface of just Hagen, of, of just Mary, Megan and Harry. No, for sure. And he also said something about William, which I'll talk about in one second, but I want to just um, go back to what he said about the thing with his mom, like that this whole, you know, this whole press cycle and, and the intensity of all of it really gives him flashbacks. And what he was describing basically sounds to me like PTSD. If you read, let me read that again. I think being part of this family, in this role, in this job, every single time I see a camera, every single time I hear a click, every single time I see a flash, it takes me straight back. That is, sounds exactly to me like PSD, PTSD. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, it is. Which, which obviously, I mean, that was the most traumatic thing. Think about how traumatic it is to lose your mom in such a freak accident at such a young age, and then it's covered by the entire world. And it just goes, I mean, it just goes back to the lack of compassion for the whole thing. It really made, this whole article, this whole um, documentary sneak peek just made me so sad. It really yeah, it's, did. It's, like, I know, I understand in the scheme of things, yes, they have all the money, all the connections in the world. They're so much better off than so many people. I get it. I, I realize that their problems aren't the biggest in the world, but it is still their problems. Like, that sucks. That's really, really fucking hard. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of painful to watch them go through, honestly. And it's like, it, it's, it boggles my mind that 
you know, the the press can watch them, you know, kind of pour their hearts out about this. And this isn't the first time they've spoken out about it. And they can still be so ruthless with them. It's just, it, it's crazy to me. And I think that something that's so, you know, crazy also is that if you watch Harry, like his entire life and everything that he does is kind of in memory of his mother. Like he really, I think, goes out of his way to kind of honor her and and do things that she would have done and knows, you know, the legacy that he's carrying on. And I think that the way people treat him is as if he's not, like, you know what I mean? It's like there's a disconnect there where, like, he is just out there trying to do the best he can and really do what his mother loved. And she was beloved. Like, she, like if you read everything, she was such an amazing woman and did so many philanthropic things. And, and I feel like he's just carrying that on. And no one's just letting him do that in peace. No, no, that's the thing. No one can let him them do anything and in her, peace. And her. And Megan, I think, really understands that. And I think that's something I really like about her is that, she kind of came into this position, which is a very unfamiliar position to obviously be in. And I don't think anybody can understand what it's like to be part of a monarch unless they are born into that role. And it's not something you can just learn. It's really hard. And I think that she has done a really amazing job of supporting Harry, understanding what his mission is, understanding what he wants to do. And it's not like she's come in and people are vilifying her because she's kind of derailing his whole thing. That would be one thing. She is doing nothing but supporting him and, and being on this path with him, and she's still getting uh, vilified at every single thing she does. No, it, it really is disgusting. Also, Harry publicly commented on his relationship with William because um, a lot of, you know, there's been the speculation that him and William have a strained relationship. So the interviewer says, there's been a lot of news in the press about rifts with your brother. How much of that is true? And he says, quote, Part of this role, part of this job, this family, being under the pressure which it's under, inevitably stuff happens. But we are brothers. We will always be brothers. We are certainly on different paths at the moment, but I will always be there for him, and as I know, he will always be there for me. We don't see each other as much as we used to, and we are so busy. But I love him dearly, and you know the majority of stuff is probably, well, the majority of stuff is created out of nothing. But as brothers, you have good days and you have bad days. That was a really, like, that was the best response he could have given. He, right. he acknowledged the fact that, yeah, there were tensions, but he also made a point to be like, listen, he's my blood, he's my brother, regardless. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, you know, I don't know. This whole, this is a, obviously a developing story as it is. I do think it's interesting. I will definitely be watching this documentary and we can't do anything from this end, but just know we do support you guys. Of course. <laughs> um, also really quickly wanted to note Haley's behind the scenes fitting for her wedding dress came out with Vogue. It's so much better than we thought it was. You it's so better. much better. There's so many little tiny details, fucking Virgil's a goddamn genius. Yeah, I know. Listen, I know that some people have the thing of like, Yes, she looked absolutely gorgeous, but Off-White is such a, you know, so trendy right now. And is she really going to want to look back on her wedding dress and see the veil and see the, quote, wedding dress? Yeah, I think she will. I don't think that it was obnoxious enough to where it took away anything from the class and sophistication. And if anything, I thought it was so unique. It was amazing and perfect. And I have nothing else to say because I that wedding dress is my dream. No, I'm I'm such so traditional in my taste a lot of times. And I this I loved this. I thought it was so special. Loved. So Brewmate was founded by this guy, Dylan, basically because of his hatred for warm alcohol, which I feel like we can all relate to. So he had this mission to kind of shake up the beverage industry for the better. And Brewmate has these stylish insulated drinkware that's designed to keep your favorite beverages ice cold all day long, which is honestly amazing and like so useful. I'm not a huge drinker, but I got this as a gift for my aunt. Um, she's a big wine drinker and it's really amazing. Like first off, they have a million different options. So her apartment has a lot of purple accents. So I got this really pretty purple color and it looks exactly like a wine bottle and you just pour the wine into there and it keeps it cold 
throughout the entirety of your drinking, which is a total game changer, especially if you're in a warm climate, if you're sitting around for a long time. It was like the best gift I've ever given her. And I truthfully, this, this stuff works. I'm, we are like big fans. So don't settle for warm alcohol. Chill out with your favorite drinks all day long with Brewmate. Visit brewmate.com and add code celebs to get 15% off your first order. That's 15% off your first order when you go to brumate.com and add code celebs. So Lady Gaga was performing and she invites this fan on stage and he, he like is kind of hugging her and she like jumps into his arms and he's holding her and they're dancing and they both fall off the stage Did together. Did his knee give out? Dude, that was so fucking intense. His knee literally gave out. I mean, rightfully so. That was not an easy job. Like how can you hold and jump? So I, oh my God. And then she fell and then, oh, and then. So a day later, um, Sarah Tano, who's her makeup artist and her longtime friend, it was her bachelorette party. And Gaga posted by saying, I might be in a lot of pain, but I couldn't miss my best friend's bachelorette dinner. And then she posted another story of Sarah saying, about to be married, woman and me, a single lady. And which the caption kind of made people think that her relationship with Dan Horton, who was the rumored boyfriend, had come to an end, which I kind of think also. But I just felt fucking bad for that fan. Yeah, I just and, and she said to him, she was like, "Don't feel like, do not feel bad, do not get upset." Everybody that you. was so upset at him. Like there was like all these tweets that was like, "So um, has the gay that dropped like 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 whatever yeah. like has the has the gay that dropped uh, Lady Gaga oh, got into witness protection, protection yet? program yet?" A lot of um, that was Ira, right? I yeah, think I love so. Him on a lot of gay guys that I followed were like sending us yeah that that kind of stuff because you know Lady Gaga's literally a gay icon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, lastly, in terms of our stories, Jenna Dewan uh, has this new book called Gracefully You, How to Live Your Best Life Every Day. And she talked about finding out that Channing and Jesse J were dating. That's how she kind of found out with the rest of the world. And she said, quote, I was learning things about my ex most people wouldn't have to have to face and over the internet as it was happening. There I was on a plane alone finding out about this, his new relationship. I felt blindsided. Choosing grace as I learned everything about my personal situation along with the rest of the world was really difficult. No Crazy. shit. Not easy. No. Not fucking easy. The whole—this is why I literally would never want to—I I have so much, like, respect for these people. Yeah. Why do people want to be famous? So that we can talk about that. I know, but, like, seriously, I, I really I don't— think it's a, I think that—I um, actually think that the majority of people would, would say that they want to be until they're actually faced with yeah. it. And then it's like, just remember, you can never take it back. I, I understand wanting to be successful and powerful and having the power that comes along with fame, but I think that if you can achieve that without the fame aspect or at least the recognizability aspect of it is like the dream. Yeah, I don't know. I think that I can understand a, a person wanting to be famous and I think I could understand um, like the, the the perks that do come from that and like the world knowing who they are. And I think that's really like some people, that's their goal. Like if you ask them, like they, they'll say like, I always just wanted to be famous. Like I always just wanted people to know my name. And for them, it's very enticing. And I think that it isn't until they're actually in it and they're going through something where they're like, if I could just take it back for one minute. Yeah. But I don't know. There's a lot of people I think who are very famous who would say I would, you know, there are times where I, I didn't love it. There are times where I wish I could take it back, but I wouldn't trade it. A lot of famous people say that because I think that it's, the power that comes with it is really, you really have a whole other level of access. And I get that. I can appreciate that. I guess just for my personality, being constantly under the microscope would really be severely It depends how you look at it. There are two ways to look at fame. You either look at it as you're constantly under a microscope or you look at it that you're adored by millions of people. And afforded all these possibilities that other people aren't. Yeah, I get it. Um, Lastly, 
I wish we had some sad music to play and maybe our editor can do that. I'm not even talking about this. <laughs> so Dennis Quaid is engaged to a 26-year-old woman and the amount of condolences that we received on Julie's behalf was overwhelming to say the least. So yeah. thank you all. I guess. How you doing? You looked fucking hot, by the way. Shut up. <laughs> you know, I said to my mom, <laughs> I was like talking about it and she was like, oh, like when you were talking, did you know that he like was into women your age? And I was like, no, but I assumed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, duh. I was explaining them the Leo DiCaprio. I was explaining both my parents. My dad thought the, ha, no, don't turn 25, you're so sexy, was the funniest thing he had ever heard. It's the funniest meme. That's like one of my favorite memes. <sighs> Why do you have to get engaged? Listen, good for her, good for them. I wish them a life Obviously happiness. good for her. Obviously good for her. <laughs> She's got the greatest guy in the whole world. <laughs> it's like, are you kidding? He's so hot. I don't care. I don't care that he's, I don't care that he's, he's literally marrying Meredith Blake. Like, yeah, that's he just what, did it. That's the, fu- he literally did it. I would love to see Elaine Hendricks' thoughts on this. Um, shall we transition to our word ceremony? Yeah, please, because I can't even talk about this <laughs> okay. any longer, please. Wait, before we have to tell them about math. Huh? <laughs> okay, so as you guys know, we told you about this a couple of weeks ago. So for the month of October, we are partnering with Mass, which basically is this platform where you can ask questions, get questions answered, and it's basically like the most honest source of reviews on anything. So I think you remember that we had Heather McMahon on our podcast a couple of months ago. She's hilarious. And it's kind of like a three-way partnership that we did with her and them. And you'll see on her stories, we reposted one of her stories where she and us were basically asking you guys for help. So like we have an account, she has an account. And the thing about Mass is that nobody's telling you to buy anything. So there's no such thing as sponsored reviews. So for example, she posted like, guys, I need the best bag for travel or whatever. And like people are giving her a million responses. And same with us. We posted like, we need a new drying rack. We posted um, sheets, something about like, there was a couple of things that we posted that we genuinely need answers about. Um, And it's not just home. They do like beauty, fashion, and there's like celebrities on there. It's like regular people and celebrities just asking questions and looking for answers. It's like... It's like, imagine if you could type into Amazon, like, the best X, and nothing was sponsored. Yeah, it was just a genuine answer. It's like genuine answers. Um, so it's the app, it's Shop Mass. Definitely follow them on Instagram. It's shop underscore M-A-S-S-E and download the app, M-A-S-S-E. Truly game-changing. We have gotten such good recommendations. I use it personally, and then also, like, as the comments account, you can follow us and answer our questions. Please do. <laughs> and whoever gives Heather the review that she ends up going, Mass will give them $500. So please swipe up on her stories when you see us posting it. And it's just a really cool, incredible company that we are so happy to be kind of aligned with. It's like they're really—and and women founders, man. Yes. It's yes. really smart women founders who we became friends with, and that's how this all started. I cannot believe the ads we have today. This is like the best. How'd they know? I, I don't know. You guys, okay. They're real, real. I feel like most of you know, but I'm just going to tell you all about it in case you don't. So the real, real, basically you can own iconic luxury items at unreal values with the real, real. It's the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. It is the best. I have been using this website forever. So you shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home. They have arrivals that come in every single day and everything is authenticated by their team. So it's 100% expert authenticated. You know that if you're getting something from there, it's real. You can shop online or you can visit one of their original stores either in Soho or West Hollywood. And they actually have a new location, 870 Madison Ave in New York. So in-store new customers will receive an automatic $25 at checkout. 
And for consigners, do not forget to try out the Real Rails white glove service for free in-home pickup today, which is amazing. You can also sell your stuff. I've gotten so many things from there, so many gifts, pieces that are kind of hard to find, like rare Louis items. I'm telling you, this is the best. And they also have an amazing app. So shop in-store online or download the app and get 20% off select items with the promo code REAL. That's the realreal.com promo code REAL for 20% off select items. So award ceremony. Take us off with best clapback. Best clapback of the week goes to my girl, Rihanna. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. So proud of her. She just makes me proud every day. So she posted a picture. It was like her putting on body like glitter or something, but like her forehead, like the sun, she's obviously sweating. She did a big thing. She's outside, whatever. And someone comments, your forehead shines brighter than my future. And she replies, she's like, they're like uh, frowny face, frowny face. There's still hope for you then. Yeah. She's just, she's just cool. I have nothing else to say on Rihanna, on Rihanna other than she is just fucking cool. I mean, I have a million things to say on Rihanna, but in this moment, nothing yeah. else than ugh, fucking go, Ri. I know. Um, also, so funniest comment of the week goes to Jeff Ross. I don't think he's ever won. Ever. Oh I don't think God. he's ever been nominated. Mazel tov, Jeff Ross. <laughs> so The Rock posted a picture of himself at age 15, and he's standing, he's sitting there in his box with his hands, like, open. And we'll post this on our story, obviously, and Jeff comments. It's like someone asks you how big your dick is, like him showing the size. I thought it was fucking funny. It's one of those that you have to see it to get it. Yeah. But Which, by the way, that's The Rock at 15? No, that, that was, yeah. Wow. He was probably drinking, like, a lot of whole milk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know how the hormones in whole milk? Like, Dwayne was drinking a gallon of whole milk every day. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, I could not believe also, that. Also, he's got those Andre the Giant jeans, so. Yeah, that That's true. Um, okay, Kardashian recap. Are Happy birthday, Kim. Happy birthday, Kim. Oh, my God. As we said in our bonus show, this week's episode was honestly one of the best ever. If you want a full recap, scene by scene, and you want to hear all the details about Larsa, give it a fucking listen because it was so good. I have to say that I feel like I could give such an impassioned speech about Kim's birthday. Same. Like, I feel like I could write a nicer, like, message about Kim's birthday than I could for most people I know. Yes. We should, that's how, we should do that. What? No, no, we should do, like, a like a faux, not, like, for her, but, like, write it out as if it was, like, a real thing, as if we were giving, like, a, like, that could be a, I don't know. I would have to think more about it. I'm kind of just saying it as it came to me. But I think that would be so funny, like, on behalf of, like, the, whoops, on behalf of, like, the general public. Do you know what I mean? Like moments of hers that we've appreciated from like not knowing oh, her yeah. personally. That yeah. may sound weird, but I have an idea in my head. Okay, I would love to see it brought to fruition. Thank you. Maybe this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write it as a speech and then record it like as a thing for Patreon. <laughs> They'll give their honest opinion. Okay. I swear it's a good idea. Okay, anyway. So it's Kim's birthday. They're on a girl's trip in Palm Springs. Obviously, Kylie was posting up a storm. That's what I want to do for my birthday. Go but not, not go to Palm I want to go to Kim, like their house in Palm but, Springs. But that wasn't Chris's house. Yes, was, it is. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, I don't know why I thought that they weren't there. I guess the picture I saw didn't. Well, it was also weird because they have like a dinner for Kim that was like, and everything looked like it was from Party City. I don't think Mindy did that one. No. Which I honestly think. made me happy. It was very humanizing. Well, she, she may have another birthday. It's also her 39th birthday. She may be going low-key this year and then like going to go all out next year. Listen, she wasn't even going to have a baby shower. Yeah. She's crazy. A lot going on. I wonder what Kanye is going to do for her. For her birthday? Yeah. You think he's going to get her? Well, she's not going to post it. If it's jewelry or something, she's not going to post it. She won't. Um, but she, she usually says, like, Kanye got me this. Like, he always does something special. It's more than just, like, giving her a necklace. Yeah, like the stocks. Oh, my God. That's, that's his thing. I know. I'm very curious to see what happens there. Also, this was the week of the Rise and Shine meme. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. 
I watched Kylie's office tour every single minute of it. I watched it twice. And that and wasn't a component of it that you took away? Yeah. When I, with, with the, For anybody confused as to what this Rise and Shine meme was, basically when Kylie uploaded her office tour to YouTube, one of the parts at the very end, she went into Stormy's room because Stormy has a room in the Kylie Cosmetics office and she woke her up by singing Rise and Shine. Literally just that, those three words. Yeah, but like in a, in a beautiful melody. Yeah, and... The, the, I guess the reason I was confused is because it didn't happen right after the video was released. It took like a week for yeah. people to be like, oh, wait, this is meme worthy. And then all, I don't even know where, like, it was literally when we were in LA and we were like, couldn't be on our phones and we walk out. It's like, it became a meme. That was the, that was such a moment. Do you remember when, when Craig like, says, says something about like the rise and shine meme and you were like, wow, you don't look on your phone for five hours and you're out of a meme. I was like, I've never felt so disconnected. I was like, I will never put my phone down again. But it was so at worth the it for risk of, At the risk of missing a meme? Yeah, that's the, the only, only person that, that I would put my phone down. The only thing that can get us off of our phones is when we're recording a podcast with someone else or when we're sitting there for the Chrissy's Court filming. Those are the literally- Even when we're like recording a podcast, like I still have to just check. Just to be sure. I just can't not miss a, Like I feel like it's, it's inauthentic to who I am to miss a meme. I know, no, we were shocked. To have so, other people send me a meme before I see it myself is heartbreaking. For us to have to me. ask each other? Yeah. That was weird. It was like a little, we were like, did you? I and know. then I was like, I was like, we, we were on our phones, like, it's not our fault. It's not yeah, our Julie fault. like had to justify it for herself so that she wasn't mad at herself. Also, um, literally within 24 hours of this going viral, they obviously made merch on the Kylie shop, which the age old quote, the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works goddamn harder. Why does no one give Kylie credit? Like that could have been her idea. Also, by the way, that killed the meme and we all know it. Yeah. The should. meme's dead. You you profit off a meme and it's dead. So true. Rip, rip, rise and shine. <laughs> yeah. No one ever say it again. <laughs> no, no. That, yeah. The Joy merch, and pride now. The, that, that was funny. The merch is a little much, but what an iconic moment. Also $65 of that sweatshirt. I don't know. Seems a little uh, pricey for a one-time meme. $65 for that sweatshirt is ridiculous. And what's even more ridiculous is the volume of people that bought it. <laughs> yeah, well, duh. You know? Like, it's really crazy. They really can do anything. I have to tell you, I think it's going to be one of those things where in like 10 years, you look in your closet and you're like, what was this? Because it wasn't a big enough deal. Right. It's not like it's not like it was like a year long. It was a one day and you bought it. And you're just going, why is this funny to me? Why did I, what is this from? So true. Also, um, in Kylie and Travis news, they went pumpkin pick, pumpkin picking together, which thank we God. only pieced together because Kylie posted a picture of them pump, and then like the next day, Travis posted a picture of Storm, but they didn't post together. But one could assume. What was interesting is she made her caption "Daddy's girl" on the. Okay, so no, hold on, hold on. You, you, you explain it. There's a video that Kylie Instagrammed where it's Stormy listening to "Rise and Shine," like a, a remix version where it keeps saying it, and she's dancing to it. And it's obviously the fucking cutest thing ever. And Stormy then goes, "Daddy's singing." And Kylie's like, no, baby, that's mommy. And she's like, no, daddy. Like, I want daddy. Like, she wanted her to put on daddy's song. So Kylie captioned originally the, the video on Instagram, daddy's girls, plural, meaning both of them. And it was the original caption because people screenshot it. And also when it was uploaded to Twitter, it said daddy's girls. So meaning she probably just shared it and it went to both locations. On Instagram, she then edited it to daddy's girl, meaning just Stormy and taking herself out of the narrative. I don't know if the daddy's girls was a mistake at first and it was just like a typo where she wasn't thinking or if it was very intentional and people really picked up on it and then she wanted to change it. I just thought it was interesting in general. It was interesting. I have absolutely no idea. Um, but I just don't think that there's bad blood there. I don't know. I don't I don't think there's blood, bad blood. I don't think Kylie would upload that video if there was. I just think that they're not 
together right now. It's not like a normal, it's not like if she uploaded that video two weeks ago. No, no, no. But I'm saying I don't think that there's, I guess I just don't see Kylie getting really malicious with it. No, I don't think any of that was malicious. If anything, it was leaning more towards them being together than not. I think that's what's the interesting piece of it. I don't think she, I think she changed it because it was getting too much attention, like drawing too much attention to them not being together right now. And I think she just didn't want that. No, I'm not even, sorry. I, I wasn't speaking in terms of that potential. Yes, I agree with you with that. I'm saying just generally speaking, I just have this feeling where like it's not as bad as I think people initially made it out to be. Like my feeling as this has gone on for a week and a half or so and we've gotten a little more experience with it, like I feel like they're just working on it quietly and like whatever's going to happen is going to happen, but I don't th- feel like Kylie is like in distru- distress over it. I think they are very obviously going to get back together. I hope so, for their sake, for Stormy's. I mean, if, it, if it's the right thing. Stormy is fucking cute. Julie's, is Julie's so a Stormy stan. fucking cute. You're a Stormy stan. Oh, my God. How could you not be? No, she's really cute. She really is cute. But, uh, so much personality. So, Julie, like, you don't understand. She treats Kylie like a speech, speech pathologist. Like, she'll say to me, she's like, do you see the way she enunciated because, that word yes. to Stormy? That's why Stormy speaks so well. Doesn't she? Don't you? Do I that? do that with Ariel Charnas too. Yeah, you do. That's do why that. Ruby has such an amazing vocabulary. You have to speak to your kids like they're normal. Yeah. You can't baby talk them. Uh huh. So 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 true. Good point. Great parenting. Thank you. I'm I'm working towards <laughs> that. I'm literally adopting Stormy. Fingers crossed. <laughs> you think she'd let me? I don't know. We'll see. Um, okay. Next thing on the outline is literally Chicago. So cute. We talked about this in the Kardashian Bonus Show. There's no news here other than Kim posted this entire series of Chicago Insta stories. And I just, I've never felt this way about a baby. She is truly the most, I, I can't, Julie. I have a, I'm telling you, I have a soul connection to her. She's the most special, beautiful baby I've ever seen in my life. I think my calling was to be a celebrity nanny. Yeah. I really do. No, I think that's a good idea. Well, you guys know, Julie was like an, Julie was like the hottest nanny Connecticut has ever seen. Like not hottest, like looks wise, like truly like you were the most. No, but I mean, you were really like, uh, people could not get her fast enough. Truly, she's great with kids. You gotta understand the the Fairfield babysitting scene. No, that's what I'm saying. Like she was really up there. So now when you see these babies, aside from their being celebrity kids, you also just have an affinity towards babies. I'm just an incredibly maternal person. Yeah. No, I, I obviously get it. I feel the same way. Um, Kanye Sunday service. Who was in Jamaica. Yeah. Yeah, just fun. People were really upset, I have to tell you, and I was reading about this, about him selling merch about Sunday service, which is, like, stupid. Like, they felt like he was profiting off it, which, by the way, like, he does— he, You're basically getting a Kanye concert every single week for free if you're going to Sunday service, like, at any of these locations. So I felt like that was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, people are really talking about that. The reason that I don't understand outrage over merch is because nobody's forcing you to buy it. It's not like you have to buy a sweatshirt to be able to be let in. The reason I don't understand outrage about merch and, and connection to his him having a church is because there is an entire Instagram dedicated to church leaders having really nice sneakers, aka calling out like the allocation of money in the church. So I just find it interesting that you're going to place blame on Kanye, who's a rapper and is making money and just happens to also be running a church. That fucking too. That's a great point. But also like it just in general, an outrage by merch. Like it's okay. Maybe that's hypocritical of me because we just had the thing about Kylie. Like, yeah, it killed the meme, but honestly, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, She's no, not there's forced- something I can't, I can't blame her for making merch. I just, there's nothing wrong with, yeah, I, like, I don't I don't get that. I think that people actually are happy because they want something to be able to commemorate. Like, people ask us, for example, obviously totally different, but I'm just saying for merch all the time because they want, like, a tangible item of, like, their, right. like, love but, for the brand. And by the way, Sunday service isn't something that you're going to forget, like, the way you would forget a meme. Yeah, exactly. Also, a lot of his Which we merch are has do- gone we to— We are doing merch. We are doing merch. We are doing merch kind of soon. But, yeah, no, no. It's so—it's—yeah, I, I totally didn't get that one at all. Yeah. 
What else do you have to say? Anything else in this little recap that you want to, that we forgot? I don't know. Is there any other Kardashian news we forgot? Next week's episode is going to be uh, Chloe and Lamar. When Chloe like reads Lamar's book, that's going to be fucking amazing. I'm hyped for that. Um, Larsa Instagram for Kim's birthday. That's a, to me a big deal because I felt like she's like, we're besties for life. And I was like, are you sure yeah. about that? Um, I don't know. Oh, I want to just quickly end on this Kardashian closet note. As you guys know, last time we briefly spoke about it, just voicing our confusion as to what's going on there. We think it's a CC's project that they're kind of supporting. 10% of the proceeds go to, um, I think it's called the Buried Alive Project, which is better than nothing. I still am so unbelievably confused as to how anyone in the circle is okay with the aesthetics of this. Like they work so hard to perfect any sort of marketing opportunity or business opportunity that they do. And they're going to do this fucking Kardashian closet with these dresses half off the mannequins. Like it's so bizarre. Kim, I'm sorry. I can't wrap my head around Kim selling her like Birkins and her for, for, yes, but that's also different because that was eBay. It wasn't through this. It was a different thing. So why is she still doing that? And I don't understand. I, I, I'm sorry. I wish I had an answer for you guys. I I just wish they gave us some explanation on it because it's so off. It's so painfully off brand. It is equally as off brand as when they do those giant Louis Vuitton ads with the like luxury giveaway. It's even more off brand. It's more off brand because it's their stuff. Like wouldn't they want their stuff to be styled beautifully? It's just like the aesthetics of it all is so confusing. Listen, I get it. If you want to resell your clothes, it's better than throwing it away. Totally. But like, I just, I don't know. There needs to be some sort of clarification here. I agree. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's all. Um, any any last so- thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I'm trying to think. I like didn't want this to end. So I was like, let's keep talking about Kim's birthday. But I guess it's got to come to an end sometime. Okay. Well, just happy we get another year with her, you know? <laughs> Me too. Me too, kid. Okay. We love you guys. We will see you on Monday for our Kardashian bonus show and Tuesday for our regular episode. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like, You shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.